What's up, Whisper Nation? It's Wednesday, January 27th, and you're listening to episode 148 of the Fantasy Whispers. This is the pre-draft rookie quarterback show. Right here. I'm your host, Big Travi. You can find me on Twitter at Big Travi TFW. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, my business partner, my bromance, Johnny Game Time Hicks. Johnny, you can find him on Twitter at Johnny underscore Game Time. How are you doing, Johnny? What's going on, man? I am I am way better now because of this episode, dude. It has gotten me excited about you know these these rookie quarterbacks these rookie prospects in general dude i already started to write some names up on my big board dude i'm excited to jump into these guys yeah i mean this is fun for a few reasons obviously we like to profile all these rookies that are coming in that will make a fantasy football um difference we also like to do this because we're football nerds and we love football the game itself and obviously first round players most of the time garner some you know franchise altering uh respect as they come into the league but then we also have the dynasty aspect johnny and i are in the dynasty whispers which is a high profile dynasty league we've been in and so we'll have our rookie draft there obviously if you're listening you may be into dynasty if not maybe we can help you get into a dynasty league so make sure you're dming us there but also just cracking down and looking at film johnny I mean, this is a lot of fun to watch highlights, to try to hypothesize how these college games are going to translate into the NFL, um, all these different things that go through the whole rigor more, as you will. Yeah, and just, you know, learning as well about the game of football uh, and just what co- different coaches are trying to do, the schemes. You know, it's fun seeing these guys run plays that you're like, oh, I've I've seen. I mean, we're going to talk about a couple quarterbacks today, Travis, where I'm like, oh, my gosh, I would absolutely love him in this scheme because of his mm-hmm. skill set. And you really start to see things like that. And in which, you know, before I was, you know, we were doing this, I never really uh, knew a lot about the rookies coming in. I usually stayed away from them in drafts and things like that and so um yeah man it's it's gotten me uh really looking forward to the beginning part of this off season you know because this part can be a little bit of a grind it can be you know we just got done with the season uh but jumping into prospects like this uh make our job a little bit more exciting yeah and if you want to follow the show along at home you can do so Twitter by searching at the TF Whispers. You can also find us on YouTube and Instagram at the Fantasy Whispers. And make sure you dev- definitely visit the website, thefantasywhispers.com. We've got articles. I'm going to be start pumping out weekly articles here soon. Uh, we've got a bunch of swag on the site. You'll have to check those out. Um, just search the Fantasy Whispers in Google or go ahead and go to thefantasywhispers.com. You can also support the show if you would feel so inclined by going to patreon.com and searching the Fantasy Whispers. Today, I also want to highlight quickly before we jump into some of the meat of this show, we do have a new offseason schedule that will lead right up to the NFL draft. Um, We are going to be going live on YouTube with Mock Draft Mondays, and we've already started this. We've got two weeks in the books, uh, including this past Monday, and that's 3 p.m. Eastern time, 12 p.m. Pacific live mock drafts on YouTube. So once again, make sure you're subscribed, hit the notifications so you can be notified when we're going live. Um, And then, of course, we have this episode right here. Uh, We'll be doing a weekly episode every single Wednesday released on Thursday. Uh, And then you can also get some clips of that uh, video will be released on YouTube as well um, between Thursday and Saturday. Uh, We're working on something else for a Friday show. We'll be uh, we'll be announcing that as soon as we got that going. But, uh, yeah, make sure you're liked and subscribed over on YouTube. 
Johnny, the question of the day usually comes from that old noggin of yours over there. So I wanted to ask you what you have for us for Whisper Nation today uh, as, as kind of the topic to discuss just to get us you know warmed up for the show. Yeah, absolutely. I think this is a, a question that it might you know, hit you a little bit hard, Big Travi, and I do apologize. I don't mean to bring this up, you know, intentionally, because uh, I know that your wounds are still a little bit uh, fresh and raw here. But, you know, talking a little bit about dynasty and things like that, you got to start thinking about this kind of these kind of things. And it brings me up uh, the question about Aaron Jones and uh, Green Bay Packers just got eliminated. And one of the big questions, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers was on the Pat McAfee show and, you know, he was asking him about the comments that Aaron Rodgers made after the show about, you know, uh, futures and uncertainty. And he kind of clarified that. He said, well, you know, Aaron, I was not necessarily talking about my future uh, for next year, but I was more so, you know, Aaron Jones and um, I believe another offensive lineman or something uh, that you guys have as a, as a free agent or, or, or lineman, excuse me. Yeah, Corey, Lin- Corey Lindsley. Yeah, yeah. The, the whole thing was blown a little out of proportion with Rodgers. Uh, he was talking about himself. He did say that he, his future is uncertain, but he just said that as a very literal existential you know, quote. Like, yes, everybody's future is uncertain. We don't really know. And he said... Uh, you know, part of them drafting Jordan Love made him realize that, you know, he needs to kind of look at himself within cherishing the moments he has in any situation. So mm-hmm. really uh, could be thanking the Packers for a philosophical change. But either way, uh, Aaron Jones is not under contract. So I think what you're trying to get at is what do we think about Aaron Jones here? Yeah. What What do you think the best landing? This is, a you know, we talk fantasy football mostly on this show. Uh, so what do you think? Uh, the best landing spot for Aaron Jones would be, uh, and and you could say Green Bay Packers if you uh, want to, um, but if you do say that, like, and also preface where you ultimately think he does go, like where would you, where would his best landing spot be for fantasy purposes, and then ultimately where do you think he does go? Um, I think his best spot for fantasy football purposes is clearly the Green Bay Packers. Do I think he stays there? From what I'm hearing, probably not. Given the money that we would have to pay, we did offer him some money this offseason. He denied it because he wanted guaranteed. Uh, We'll see how we have to front load that. You have to remember, after this year, the COVID hit could cause the cap to come down even more. So a lot of teams will be probably squeezed a little higher or tighter than they'd want. But uh, for fantasy football purposes, putting my non-football or non-Packers fan hat on, I'm going to say the Atlanta Falcons, Johnny. Um, He's tied to a similar running scheme that he, you know, with uh, Tennessee coming in uh, to the situation, or I'm sorry, with Matt LaFleur coming from Tennessee. Arthur Smith spent some time under Matt LaFleur. It was very it was one season, wasn't that crazy? But you you can see a similar running scheme there. But really the biggest thing for me, Johnny, is this team mirrors the Packers in so many ways, meaning that they're loaded with offensive re- weapons around him. So if he gets plugged right into this offense, I think it could do big things for Aaron Jones to keep him on track to be that sec- late first round, early second, middle second round pick in fantasy drafts coming up next year. Um, so for me, it's the Atlanta Falcons. A close second would be San Francisco. I don't know if you'd be as interested in him in San, um, as you would if he were in Atlanta or still in Green Bay, just because of Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, who just got signed yesterday. Um, so yeah, I mean that's a close second, but Atlanta Falcons would be a, a really nice fit, I think. 
I love the Atlanta Falcons call. That was uh, one of my favorite landing spots that I have on the top of my list. My other one would be, and it is um, a lot. Pre- I mean, obviously, the the his it would majorly change if the if the news came down. But I think the New York Jets, uh, with the New York Jets taking uh, the defensive coordinator and making him the head coach, and then uh, the rumors that uh, who he's bringing along on the coaching staff and the offensive coordinator uh, is is looking to be. Uh, very similar to running the scheme that you saw in San Francisco, that zone uh, zone run blocking scheme. Well, if he goes to the Jets and the Jets also happen to get Deshaun Watson, uh, sign me up for that all days of the week uh, and twice on Sunday, baby, as I like to say, uh, because I think that that would be uh, quite a great landing spot. But yeah, ultimately, my heart hopes he does stay in in the green and yellow because I I like him there. I love Aaron Jones. uh, But yeah, I'm excited to see where he does end up landing. Yeah, I'm hoping he stays in the Packers, too, because I just love to see the combination of uh, A.J. Dillon and Aaron Jones yep. next year, more predominantly used, but <clears throat> we'll see how that works out. Well, we want to know what you think, Whisper Nation. Make sure you comment on any social media platform what you think the best landing spot for Aaron Jones would be, and make sure you're subscribed over to the YouTube channel. Help us grow that uh, today. We are ready to jump into the main topics of our show, which is four pre-draft rookie QBs. All four of these guys projected to go in the first round as of now. Obviously, a lot still to shake out. Um, a lot of uh, news and, 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 and nuggets to come out on these guys. But we've taken the first consensus, uh, so to speak, four guys to be drafted um, that will be rookies, and they've declared for the draft. And we're going to talk about them here. And we're going to start no none other than the projected number one overall pick, Johnny, Trevor Lawrence out of Clemson. Uh, standing at six foot six, two hundred twenty pounds, this guy is the prototypical NFL pro style quarterback prospect. Tell the people a little bit about Trevor Lawrence. Oh man, he is one of the best prospects to come out of college uh, since Andrew Luck or Peyton Manning. That's where he's being comp to, uh, and and why not? Listen, when when he was in high school, he broke Deshaun Watson's all time high school records in uh in state records for passing yards. He had check this out in high school. He had thirteen thousand nine hundred and two passing yards in uh, 161 passing touchdowns that's astonishing as as a you know a high school player uh he has the uh ability to read defenses already coming out of clemson he doesn't necessarily have to do it uh, often it is interesting uh because you know you don't have you know, I, I, I'm sorry to tell you this, Big Travi, uh, and break the news here on the show. I, I should have had the breaking news drop. I'm sorry. But um, there is not going to be, um, you know, the underwear Olympics this year. Uh, there are no uh, – they are not holding the draft combine. Uh, that is very sad news to uh, Big Travi over there. He's very disappointed in that. But we could tell you all that you need to know right here on the show. And, you know, when it comes to – Trevor Lawrence, Travis, it's really hard to find holes in his games. I mean, he's good at running. He's got great arm strength, th- great thrower on the run. Uh, so if he gets, you know, a play, you know, if he's doing like a, the play action kind of thing, he does throw against his body a lot, but he's really accurate at, at it. And it'll be interesting to see if he continues to do that in the NFL because you can't get away with it as much in the NFL. But Travis, I mean, what do you think? I mean, 
I'm I'm literally telling everyone that I know, go out right now and try to acquire the guys like DJ Chark or uh, LaVisca Chenault or you know maybe Robinson if if people aren't exactly sure because I think this Jags offense let's just say like the Jags are going to take him and he's going to be really good for them he's going to be great for that offense. Yeah, we'll have to see what happens with the Jags' offensive line. You'll want a little bit more protection. Um, I have a fear that this could turn into a, a Joe Burrow situation where the offense itself, you know, bad defense. Offense is going to need to put up a lot of points. It could be good for fantasy. You could have good games out of Trevor Lawrence right out the gate like we did with Joe Burrow. We could see a similar injury happen if they can't keep him healthy. So monitor the offensive line, which will help you do over the course of this offseason. But, yeah, Johnny, you hit it on the head. He was a five-star recruit out of high school, three years of elite college-level production. I mean, 34-2 and two in his college career, Johnny. I mean, that's that's impressive. And he wasn't just like Joe Burrow last year where we were like, Joe Burrow had the one year – this guy has got it done for his entire career. He's had a, a his high school career. He's had a long college career, um, ideal height, weight, mobility, even as a tall guy, um, tall white guy, just to <laughs> say it. I mean, he can he can actually get out yes. there and, and get some wheels. He's no Deshaun Watson, but he is good. I think, you know, obviously the Jaguars are going to take him and they should. They would be foolish not to. So for an ideal take, I mean, that's where he's probably going to go. Um, I just don't see many holes in his game and what you're hearing scouts say is he maybe is the best um prospect we've seen since andrew luck and peyton manning and that is high praise because both those guys were highly touted and hit at a high clip in the nfl so if he's getting that kind of you know pull this isn't some sort of you know fluke they believe that he is the truth and we will see that in the nfl so let me ask you this travis i I expect him to go to the Jags as the number one overall pick. Are you willing to start Trevor Lawrence this year? Do you think, I mean, and and, he, and hear me out, hear me out, because the, uh, the, the initial answer was probably, I know you said you want to see the offensive line, what they do there, and yeah, sure, uh, with some of the other pieces there. I, I do get that. But if you're telling me that last year we were high on – uh, you know, Gardner Minshew because of these offensive weapons, because of everything that he could do, his mobility, all of these things. I mean, Trevor Lawrence has all of that, and he's and some, right? And so, yeah, like he has. When Gardner Minshew hit Gardner for those brief games that we thought he was actually going to be something, or at least for fantasy, it was a surprise. Trevor Lawrence will not be a surprise to anyone if he's good in the NFL. And so I think that's the difference is he's not only got the weapons that could potentially get him there, he's got the intangibles, he's got the pedigree of a draft prospect to back it up. Yeah, I, I would say that I'm exci- I'm way more excited for Trevor Lawrence than I was for Gardner Minshew going into last year. And I said a bold take for Gardner Minshew was he could end up top eight. And I don't think that's out of the question for Trevor Lawrence, yeah. you know, in redraft leagues to end up top eight because Joe Burrow was on his way to a top eight season last year. Well, um, I mean, uh, we we did see that. Uh, now I'm blanking. Justin yeah. Herbert. Justin Herbert. Yeah. Sorry. I mean, and the thing with Justin Herbert is he, his supporting cast is much better than the Jaguars, I believe, but not crazy i mean it's not a crazy but you do have you do have a lot of talent there top to bottom on the san on the los angeles Chargers side of the ball so yeah we'll see i think it gets a little bit different 
when we talk about Justin Fields. And I don't think much. I think the problem with Justin Fields is he's had to live in the shadow, not just because he's shorter than Trevor Lawrence, but also because he's had to play behind Trevor Lawrence as far as another quarterback in the era of Trevor Lawrence in college football. So Justin Fields out of Ohio State, Johnny, six foot three inches, 228 pounds. This is a five-star recruit out of high school as well. And actually, Johnny, the eighth best recruit out of high school of all time. Yeah, is Justin Fields. Yeah. So how do you see Justin Fields projecting into the NFL and, and maybe your ideal fit for him? And so you touched on it. He went to the same state as Trevor Lawrence, which is quite uh, unusual that that would happen. He did originally go to Georgia. And uh, at the time, Jake Fromm was the quarterback there in Georgia. Uh, they also had uh, Jacob Eason, uh, who ended up transferring to Washington. Um, and you also had Justin Fields, who then ended up tra- transferring to Ohio State um, because he couldn't get any playing time, which is kind of wild, considering, like you said, just how talented this guy is. Um, here's what I like about him, Travis. I'll give you the good uh, and then... I'll go back. I'll give you a little bit of the bad and then what I ultimately think, right? Uh, he's a former baseball player. So, you know, you talk about Kyler Murray, the kind of throws that Kyler Murray could do because uh, or make because of that b- baseball background. So you do like the, that. Uh, you He's bigger than Kyler Murray, uh, right? He's a big frame, 6'3", 228 pounds. He, to me, he's a bigger Kyler Murray He's like Cam Newton. I do see some Dak Prescott in him. So all of that stuff makes me excited. The fact that he had a breakout year in 2019 where he had 41 passing touchdowns and only three interceptions uh, while also adding, uh, you know, 484 rushing touchdowns and 10 rushing TDs, Travis. We like the rushing side of this from a fantasy football aspect. So to me... Listen, I understand Trevor Lawrence and all the draw that he brings and and everything like that. But to me, Justin Fields is very, very interesting. I'm very intrigued to see where he lands. I'm really, I would be, I would love it if he can land with Detroit, uh, the Detroit Lions. I think that that would be a great fit for him. Uh, and you know, I I'm excited to see what he could do. Got wheels. Yeah, he, he definitely does. You mentioned some of the the his whole career 20 and two uh in college 67 passing touchdowns but 19 rushing touchdowns as well only nine interceptions over that span so you love to see that um you talked about him uh he's great he's got the most of the qualities of a legit pro style ready quarterback you talked about the running uh the, the the dual threat there he does get a little bit shaky with deep ball accuracy and he does tend to hold the ball a little bit longer for the deep play, which you kind of like to see out of a running quarterback. You want him to be looking for the big play, but in the NFL, you're going to have to get the ball out quick. So scheme will be a factor. The other problem that we're, you know, we have to bring up here, and I don't think it translates that much to fields because I think he's a much better prospect, but he's an Ohio State quarterback, yeah. Johnny. So we're talking about Terrell Pryor. We're talking about Braxton Miller. We're talking about Dwayne Haskins as part of hey, you, the... You put some respect on Terrell Pryor's name, all right? Hey, Terrell Pryor came in and played some good. Uh, I love me some Terrell. Dude, I'm not going to yeah. lie. Like three years ago, I was super hyped on Terrell Pryor because I was sure. like, I, I this think, guy. I think a lot of us were. Yeah, 100%. But we have to bring it up here and talk about there's a little bit yeah. of fear about that spread offense that these quarterbacks go, and it's so friendly in college. And then the Ohio State thing is that they're surrounded by talent there. You mm-hmm. know, they have so much talent around them that it ends up 
projecting, you know, or, or propelling their numbers up. I don't think that that's much of the case for Justin Fields. I think he's a very talented prospect and he should go somewhere uh, within the top 10, I would imagine. And I honestly think if the Jets don't get this deal done, uh, for Deshaun Watson, I think he's that's the ideal fit. And we've talked about what's going on there. If you bring in little Mike LaFleur in there, Matt LaFleur's little brother, and you could get this perfect scheme, an RPO scheme fit uh, for him. You get maybe a running back like Aaron Jones. You get another running back maybe in free agency or in the draft. And then you've got a situation where Justin Fields can develop, make the Jets a little bit more relevant this year, um, and, and and maybe be a good fit for him. I don't know if it's an ideal fit for career-wise because we've seen the Jets ruin people's careers, but I think this is a good fit and a projected fit for a lot of analysts going out there. Um, so I think Fields makes a lot of sense to the Jets. I'm really want to talk. Oh, so go ahead. I was just gonna, I'm really interested to see what the Jets do on uh, you know as a football franchise with this. Like, do they stick with Sam Darnold? Do they end up drafting uh, a guy like? like uh, fields or do they trade down to try to get more pieces? Uh, I think that they have a lot of moves to be, and they have a good amount of cap space as well. So they have a lot uh, going on. It'll be interesting to see how things shake out. Uh, but yeah. And you know, and then that wasn't even mentioning, like you said, the Deshaun Watson potential trade too. So I just think that the jets are going to be a real fun team to look at this summer. Yeah, as far as an off-season team goes, they're definitely a team that's going to have some exciting pieces. I don't know if that'll translate yeah. exactly to next year, but we'll, <laughs> we'll see. see. <laughs> but um, some of the exciting uh, players that we get to talk about, I mean, obviously, Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields are exciting, and they should go within the top 10. But a couple other names are getting some buzz out there, Johnny, as top 10, top 15 picks. So we could see a, another draft similar to the one we had a few years ago with Josh Allen, with uh, Josh Rosen, with yeah. um, Lamar Jackson, where we had multiple quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield, going in that first round. Um, so we could have something like that happen this year because, well, let's just get to the next one. Zach Wilson out of Brigham Young University, six foot three, 210 pounds, Johnny. People may not know about him because he kind of burst onto the scene in 2020, Johnny. What do you see in Zach Wilson's game? Do you see it translating? And what's kind of your ideal fit for uh, the young Utah native? I'll tell you what. Um, this is one of those situations where I'm really – we talked about the Jets, right, and what they're going to do. I am I would love to see the Jets make this move in which – they would actually trade back because we all know the number one and the number two prospects, like you just said. Uh, I I think quietly you'll start hearing people talk a lot more about Zach Wilson. I absolutely really like what I saw on tape for Zach Wilson. Yes, he's a little bit more raw, but I'll tell you what I see in Zach Wilson, and I'm not joking. I see, he reminds me so much of Josh Allen. He reminds me of a guy who has a big cannon for an arm. Uh, he's good at going through projections. They ran a, a nice uh, offense in for BYU. He didn't have the most prolific uh, wide receivers, but I mean, and you can tell like, yeah, some of his numbers didn't come through because of that, because of some of the plays that he was making and the wide receivers uh, weren't able to come through down with the catch because they, they're not... Um, you know, no offense to them, but they're, you know, they're not SEC wide receivers or anything like that. But 
Uh, he's got great touch on the ball. I will say uh, there is a knock on him uh, is that he does tend to underthrow those deep balls from time to time. We know that he has the arm. Like I watched tape on him back to back plays, Travis, where he threw like on the run, one arm, jo- you know, like Josh Allen does, and he slung it like sixty yards. And uh, you know it was in the in the in the realm of being catchable. Once again, his wide receivers weren't able to make the catch. But I mean, this guy has uh, some accuracy. He can run. He's more athletic than he looks. I like Zach Wilson a lot. I think that he could be a a little dark horse here in this quarterback stuff. That don't be surprised if he starts creeping up in these conversations with, hey, do you end up taking Zach Wilson over uh, Justin Fields? Yeah, Zach Wilson is a little bit interesting, Johnny, and, and and a lot of it is because he's become kind of a poor man's Joe Burrow. He had a bit of a one-hit wonder this last 2020 season, and so it makes you wonder because he had a ho-hum 2019 season, 11 touchdowns, 9 interceptions, not really popping off the pages there. But then he became, or in that year, he became the youngest QB ever to start for BYU. And then if you look at what he did this year, 73.5 completion percentage, Johnny, 33 touchdowns, only three interceptions, and then showed some legs with 10 rushing touchdowns as well. PFF, as much as called him an elite QB prospect, saying he can hit on any platform. So much to your comp of Josh Allen, he's got the arm strength to get you there everywhere. I mean, I saw some guys on YouTube that I was watching some of these films comparing his ability to make every throw on the run to that of Patrick Mahomes. Now, not saying he is Patrick Mahomes, but his arm talent on the run is eerily similar. Um, Some knocks on his game, though. Yeah. Some of the knocks on his game, though, Johnny, he's a little bit slender. Um, He has never faced elite competition at BYU. I mean, I think their toughest opponent this year was uh, Boise State. Um, He's a one-hit wonder, as I talked about before, and is under pressure. That's when the accuracy seems to dip, and he's going to face pressure a whole lot more in the NFL than he did at BYU. So that's something to worry about that concerns you. My ideal fit is you hope that without a combine, you hope that the hype doesn't go too crazy on Zach Wilson. And if you're the 49ers, you hope he slips just far enough to get there. That is the ideal fit for me, Johnny, because if you just look at like – them not getting Stafford in some sort of deal. I really doubt they get Aaron Rodgers as some of these swirling rumors are out there. You could see Zach Wilson being a guy to grab for the Niners. He's a RPO aficionado. They ran mm-hmm. a ton of it at BYU. You've got playmakers around him like Kittle, Debo, Ayuk, who could really get the ball in space and really help his progression. And then we look at Shanahan getting C.J. Beathard, Nick Mullins, these guys that are kind of nobodies uh, to produce not just at a fantasy level, but at an NFL level. Um, I love Shanahan's ability to morph quarterbacks into his scheme. And Zach Wilson just seems to be the perfect fit for the 49ers. Uh, yeah, I, I wrote down here, um, you know, Detroit pick seven is a really ideal landing spot because of, you know, how they're picking and stuff. But I, right after that, I said, or San Francisco at pick 12. Uh, if he can drop that far, I absolutely, I think you nailed it on the head. And there was a play specifically I watched where he did a, play action rollout just I mean the play was it could have been out of San Francisco's playbook uh, it, it seemed that that similar because you had the tight end slip underneath and then drag up the, the sideline there and he hit him on a wide open play and you you just imagine you're like yep that's George Kittle right there perfect that's exactly what they want him to do uh, I think that that would be the perfect fit for him and if if he does go there Travis I do think that there is um, 
we could be talking about him as a potential sleeper guy that you'll be able to stream throughout the weeks because he has the ability to throw guys open and, and that scheme could help him a lot. The Niners would just need a healthy year, but check this out. The last time San Francisco drafted a quarterback from Brigham Young was Steve Young, Hall of Fame career out of Steve Young uh, yeah. Yeah, from from Brigham Young. So you like to, you like to make that comparison. I don't think he's Steve Young, but we'll, uh, I think Zach Wilson's got a shot to be good in the NFL. All right, our final guy in this pre-draft rookie QB episode is Trey Lance. Standing at six foot four inches, two hundred twenty-six pounds, out of Carson Wentz alma mater, North Dakota State. Johnny, before I jump into some of the the things that I saw at a Trey Lance, I wanted to see what you think coming in at Trey Lance. He's not a name that a lot of people are talking about, and that's because Johnny COVID kind of wrecked their opportunity to play some football this year. They only played in one showcase game for twenty twenty, uh, given that he's not in a BCS Power Conference school. Um, so, how do you feel about Trey Lance? He made the leap. He said, forego this next year. I'm just going to go ahead and make the leap off of one game and a, and a, and a really solid 2019. Yeah, um, I have my concerns, to be honest with you, Travis. I, I Listen, this guy has the – I mean, he's still so young. So, yes, uh, a lot of these things are, are coachable, and it'll be interesting to see uh, who kind of takes the gamble. But I, I just think he's super – super risky uh right his footwork is a little rough you talked about uh because there's so little game tape to go off of and you know you talked about the covid stuff um in his you, you could tell between the game tape from year one he was a lot um he was taking more and more steps like he was doing the five-step drop um but he wasn't it, just the plays weren't um uh, in smooth you know like it it should be a seven step drop you know step back throw should all be in one motion right should be smooth well his wasn't so then it was interesting because you watched the, the tape, the very little tape that he had last year, and it was almost like they created this hitch on his, like it was like a dead leg from the quarterback position. The best way that I could, uh, you know, describe it, because I'm watching, I'm like, who does that remind me of? And it, it it's Cam Newton. It was almost like he was watching Cam Newton's tape. And I, and I kind of understand why, because he has a lot of the same kind of tangibles that you see Cam Newton have. But, and it, it, of course, like the, it, when he did that, right, this dead leg, and you know what I'm talking about, like you, you see Cam Newton do it, where he, he is not uh, on his dropbacks. He's not so fluid. So he takes like this slow step back, but it's a lot more fluid when you get the ball out, but it's a lot slower. And so you saw that a lot um, in that, you know, very few games that you saw this year. So Travis, I don't know. He needs to let plays develop as well. You saw some play calls where... Um, you know, he had a read that was he should have waited for the play to develop a little bit more. He had like a safety come in. He tried to force it in there incomplete. And then you saw that same play happen later on in the game. And the underneath is now wide open where he went before. But instead of going there, he tries he like waits and he goes into a direction where it's covered. So um, I think he still has a lot of room uh, to improve, uh, but he's definitely going to be a project for a team. But he has some good tangibles. You know, he's probably the most athletic runner in this entire group. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure, he's got all these, you know, you talk about uh, him needing to develop. I mean, he is young. He's 20 years old. And so people ask, like, why wasn't he scouted more? Why didn't he make it to a BCS Power Conference school? 
he was underscouted because he was a late bloomer. Like he graduated high school early, was super skinny, super scrawny at his um his like scouting day, and other guys were cutting him in line. They said, um, and they were like pushing him out of the line, and this was just like some little kid trying to throw some balls. So he goes to North Dakota State, right? Has a rough two 2018, but then gets to start 2019. 28 passing touchdowns in a season, zero interceptions, Johnny, on the year. 14 rushing touchdowns. I mean, just completely broke out at 2019. You talk about his footwork and the knocks on his game, and I agree they're all there because he's extremely raw. Mm -hmm. But if you remember, Carson Wentz had the same kind of knocks on his game coming out. Josh Allen, the same kind of knocks. And these are the guys, you know, you mentioned Josh Allen being a comp to Zach Wilson. I think Trey Lance fits the mold better for, for Josh Allen in my mind. Do, doing the big arm, the mobility. He's definitely, to me, got one of the highest ceilings in this draft class. He has a ginormous ceiling. Now, his floor is also very low because <laughs> of what you talked about in his, in his raw uh, ability. But I think that if you got him into the right system, you got him into the right coaching staff, and you got him maybe the luxury of sitting behind someone, I think he could be somebody that could really pop out. And I think that ideal fit in the first round Green where he's Packers. to go. <laughs> no, is is the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. So they've got multiple weapons, including obviously a guy in the name of Christian McCaffrey. I don't, I don't know if you've heard of him, uh, but that powerful running game could complement the development. Then you talk about may being able to get to sit behind Teddy, even if just one year mm-hmm. gets to sit behind Teddy and kind of learn a little bit. DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Robbie Anderson, all providing different levels of wide receiver help for him uh, to kind of get going. And then the biggest thing for me is Matt Rule coming yeah. in as the coach is a fresh out of college, man. So this from, is a guy that can talk, uh, yeah. Yeah, who can talk to a younger quarterback and help develop a younger quarterback. So for me, I like Carolina as the fit here. I think Trey Lance is going to start creeping up boards and get a lot of credit. And I understand the concern, but honestly, if you're looking for a future of a franchise, why not get somebody you can invest in, make a project. And then if he hits, man, you're looking like the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen and a complete culture change, a complete franchise change. Do you think, do you think, um, you know, seeing what you see, knowing um, the quarterback state and quarterbacks and, and the foot and uh, well in the NFL excuse me <laughs> um, do you uh, do you think Trey Lance will be a first rounder because to me it yeah it's it, interesting you say that so there's uh, Adam Schefter came out with a list a couple of days ago that 18 quarterbacks could potentially be jostled around now that included Aaron Rodgers, who I will say again on this show, uh, Aaron Rodgers is not leaving the Green Bay Packers, not this offseason, at least. Uh, the cap hit would be astronomical. Um, he has already clarified his statements that he was that he thinks there's no reason he shouldn't be back this year, but he's just saying that his future is uncertain now. So 17 quarterbacks, let's say, are going to be in limbo. Um, that's if you include Deshaun Watson and, and Matt Stafford and some of these other trade opportunities. If that's the case then yeah, it would, it would maybe make sense that, you know, the other, uh, you know, 15 teams that are in the NFL maybe aren't enough based on what we've talked about. So you take three of those out because they draft the other guys. So we got about 12 teams that he'd be in the market for. Mm-hmm. Maybe they don't need a quarterback. Um, so it, it's really interesting to note. But, um, I mean, we saw the Packers do this with Jordan Love. Jordan Love necessarily didn't need to be a first-round pick, but they moved up because they thought some teams behind them would take him. Because someone was going to take him. 
I mean, but maybe, maybe somebody maybe. was, maybe somebody wasn't. Who knows? Like, there's a lot of draft day, and maybe starting. you guys have I, landed your next quarterback for the next 14 to 16 years. Who knows? I man. would hope so, but we'll see. Uh, I want to keep milking uh, Aaron Rodgers' years. You know, <laughs> see what happens there. But um, the bottom line with Trey Lance is everything that I've seen. I mean, Mel Kiper and Todd McShay both like him in the first round, and have said as much as maybe the top 10. So there is reason to believe that Trey Lance, I mean, I think when you look at how raw he is, you're just trying to find a hole in what he's shown on the very minimal tape. And the very minimal tape is that this guy explodes off the tape with upside. Um, so we will see if if teams buy into that upside and sit him behind someone. I think that's the answer. I think Carolina would be an, uh, an awesome fit. Um, San Francisco as well, because if they're, if they're still committed to making Jimmy G a thing, mm -hmm. they could have Jimmy G roll out there. Maybe this lights the fire on him, and then they have their future with Trey Lance behind Jimmy G when inevitably they have to pull the plug there. I There's a lot of good fits out there. Minnesota is another team that's interesting. I yeah. know they have Kirk Cousins on the hook, but Minnesota's sitting there in the middle of the first kind of. See, Minnesota uh, would be someone that if they, if they could get Zach Wilson, I'd be super intrigued. But once again, I don't know if because there are so many quarterbacks out there, man, I, I just it just reminds me every time as a Cardinals fan, man, we could not find a quarter. I mean, there were no quarterbacks, you know, 10 years ago. And now now the quarterbacks are, are coming in every single year. And you're like, where are these guys going to go? Because it doesn't seem to be enough landing spots, you know. Um, so it's just interesting to me that, yeah, you could have because there's no. Um, yeah, the other point on that on that list that I was talking about was Schefter, where it's like 17 quarterbacks some of those quarterbacks are Mitch Trubisky uh, Sam Darnold you know qu quarterbacks that we're not 100% sure if in a QB competition with a guy like Trey Lance or Zach Wilson that these rookies wouldn't win right you know and so like that's the other thing to me is I think there's always going to be a premium for quarterbacks I don't think that at any point a team that goes and picks up Mitch Trubisky as a lottery ticket isn't going to also be doing their due diligence to scout a quarterback. Look at Washington a few years back when they drafted uh, Robert Griffin III, but then turned around and drafted Kirk Cousins. So, I mean, there's, there's situations in the same where draft. teams... Yes, in the same exact draft. So quarterback is always going to have that leverage that it, you know for a team to go pick one up. And I just think these four, after doing some dirt, uh, uh, doing some digging on these guys, these top four, I really like these bottom two, uh, Trey Lance and, and Zach Wilson. I think there's some pop to them, and I think we're going to be excited about this draft class when it's all said and done. Yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this draft class. I'm looking forward to seeing where these guys ultimately land. Well, we want to know what you think, Whisper Nation, what you think of these uh, prospects, these QBs coming out uh, in this 2021 NFL draft. And then, of course, we'll probably spotlight them a little bit more once they land on an actual team. Make sure you're subscribed to every single platform we got out there, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, by searching the Fantasy Whispers. For Johnny Game Time Hicks, I am Big Travi. We are the Fantasy Whispers, and we're out. Peace. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Whisperers podcast. You can hear more from John and Travis on Google Play, SoundCloud, and iTunes. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at TF Whisperers.